The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. How did you know you were important before this pandemic began? You knew you were important because you were busy. You were doing lots of things. And how do you know you're important now? Well, probably because you're considered an essential worker. And if you're not, you're like the rest of us, and we've suddenly discovered that we're non-essential. And I'm, kind, I'm trying to be lighthearted, honestly, because this hurts. I think it hurts all of us. But the, here's the deal. You and I have stayed busy. So here we go, right? Um, and your schedule got turned upside down. And you know what you and I did with it? We filled it with new busy. You got busy. Um, I'm confident that many of you, before this whole thing started, you thought to yourself, man, what would I do if there was just more hours in the day? In fact, you've probably said that at one point or another. You you thought to yourself, man, if I just had more hours in a day, instead of everybody else has 24 hours, I get 26 hours. And you had a list of all the things you would be doing with those extra two hours. And so, uh, here's the deal. All of your life schedule got stripped away. It got stripped down to the bare essential, right? You could only go shopping for the essentials. You, You only go to work if you're essential. You can only go out and do essential stuff. And suddenly, your schedule got stripped down to the bare essentials. And let me ask you, did you fill your schedule when it got stripped down with the stuff you said you would do if you had more time to do it. So I'm going to just start off by giving you two really challenging questions. How can you make the most of your time? How can you make the most of your time? And let's, let's make it more specific to this season. How can you use this season to create a new and better normal. Let's be honest. Probably what we were doing before wasn't best. It wasn't necessarily working for us, but it was our normal. And so we stayed busy. We stayed active. We kept doing and going nonstop because we thought that busy meant important. And now it's all been stripped down to bare essentials. And suddenly we're confronted with this question of, What do I do with my time? And am I making the most of my time? And is this the normal I want? Here's the deal. There is no going back and there's no getting back the time you've spent. You're not gonna go back to what was and I would challenge you not to go back to the old normal. So how do you create a new normal in this season so that carries over into the next season? You and I will spend our time chasing carrots that we believe are valuable and important because they give us a sense of self-worth. Follow me. You're not doing things that you don't believe are important. Well, maybe you are. Maybe you've right now filled your schedule with, you know, social media or you've binge watched your favorite shows or movies. You've kind of, you're tired of all that stuff at this point. 
But the reality is, how many of you, if, if we were honest, how many of you have said, if I had more time, I would spend it with my kids. I would, I would make time for my wife. We would make time for those we love. Maybe you would make time to make love. You, maybe you said, I would take time to read the Bible or pray or serve in the church or be part of the church. And so you can put it in the comment section. In fact, right now, I'd love for you to make this comment. What did you, before this whole thing started, this pandemic started, what did you say that you, if you had the time, you would do this? Let me know. I'd love to hear. What was it that you said you would do if you had the time? Now, my next question is, is that what you're doing with your time? No, most of us are not strategic about how we spend our time. In fact, there's an author. He, he's a brilliant writer. He was a king of the nation of Israel. He, he uh, at the end of his life, he was looking back on his life and all that he had learned. And he wants to leave a book, a teaching to guide the nation. And so he writes this book, kind of asking some of the hardest, darkest, deepest questions. And so he tackles this question about what we do with life and what we do with our time. And so I'm going to jump right in. It's, it's written around uh, 930 BC, right? So you're talking a long time ago. King Solomon writes this book, Ecclesiastes, and he, he's uh, challenging us. And Ecclesiastes chapter 2, starting in verse 22, I'm going to read this to you. What do people get? for all of their toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun. All their days, all the days their work is grief, all their days their work is grief and pain. Even at night, their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. Here's what he's saying, he goes like this. What do people get for this? They, they spend all their life all their time, they're working, they're striving, they're chasing carrots, and you know what they get for it? Anxiety and stress. They get grief and pain, and then they even go to bed, and this is what's keeping them up in the middle of the night. They get no rest, because you know what this is? This is chasing after carrots. It's empty, it's meaningless, it has no value. What? So the, the challenge we have for you and I is that we, we spend our time, but we haven't thought about how we're spending our time. Very rarely do we take the time to manage our time. And as a result, what Solomon is saying here is it just becomes chasing carrots. We're just running after stuff that is meaningless and empty. We're filling our schedules with stuff that doesn't really matter. It's not what's best. It's not what was intended for us to do. And then we look back on our life in regret and guilt and frustration saying, was that really worth it? See, if we find our self-worth in our work, then we work and we work more because we're trying to find our value in what we accomplish. Some of you are, you can't stop because your self-worth is attached to it. If your self-worth is attached to money, then it will never be enough, right? Because you're going to get it and then spend it and need more. If your self-worth is in a position or education or an achievement or a relationship, you're going to always need more and better, and you're going to chase 
that carrot. But as Solomon said, what's, here's what's going to happen. You're going to spend your life and look back on it and go, it was nothing but grief and pain. Those short years I lived were wasted. Wasted, spent, exhausted, chasing carrots, meaningless and empty. And so I want to challenge you. Can you, is it possible to take the time to manage your time so you can make the most of your time? What is, what is Solomon challenging us with? Well, there's, a, there's an idea here that I'm going to draw out for you, and I give it to you right now. It's this. Time well spent is time well invested. I, I, want, I want you to kind of get this picture in your mind of the idea of time being like currency. You can spend it and it's gone, or you can invest it and you'll get a return on your investment. Money invested is not money wasted. It's stored up for a greater return, a dividend, right? But money spent is money gone. Can, are you spending your time or are you investing your time? So I'm going to challenge you. Don't spend your time. Invest it. Invest it on what matters. But we, that sounds great, doesn't it? Right? Like, I, I know you're like me and you're going, yeah, okay, Patrick, that sounds great. Let's do it. How do I do that? And, and the moment we start thinking that way, we're feeling this frustration because all of us have wanted to make the most of moments, and then we miss the moment, and we've wondered why. Because you can't will yourself into good use of your time. You can't determine to make the most of your time and then accomplish that. Why? Because our life... Our schedule is like a car out of alignment. Follow me. It, it, for those of you that drive, you, you're driving down the road. If you ever notice, sometimes your car will pull in a direction. It, if you let go of the steering wheel, you shouldn't do this, but you let go of the steering wheel, your car is going to drift. A car in alignment will stay straight, but a car out of alignment will drift to the left or to the right. It will pull in one of those directions. Our life, our schedule, our time pulls us out of alignment. Why? Th this is the reason why it's impossible for you to will or to determine to make the most of your time because you and I won't. We will actually spend our time and waste our time in things that do not matter or are not best because we live our life out of alignment. And you know what's pulling us out of alignment? It's not your job. It's not your relationship. It's not that you not just waste time. It's that we are pulled to waste time by a spiritual misalignment. You and I are bent away from God. There's a misalignment in our spirit that actually pulls us away from God, and this misalignment is called sin. And because we're misaligned because of a spiritual a misalignment. It pushes us away from God toward, toward drifting, toward finding our self-worth and what we think matters most or makes us feel best. The problem is that misalignment is leading us toward a wreck. It's going to ruin our life. It's not what's best. And so we waste our life misaligned headed toward ruin and destruction, misaligned by sin. And what sin does is it drives us down the road of life, headed toward an impending wreck, a crash, a destruction. Sin 
misaligns us from the inside out, separates us from relationship with God, and heads our life, again, out of alignment toward what ruins us and wrecks us, and then eventually toward eternal destruction, eternal ruin. But God, listen to me, for every one of us, the answer to our schedule our, our broken schedule. The answer to how we're spending our life is not better time management. You don't need an, a how-to manual on time management. You don't need to get a better app or a better plan. You don't need a better manage your time. You know what you and I need? We need a heart realignment. Listen to what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter, 11, uh, chapter 3, verse 11. He says this, referring to God. God he has made everything beautiful in his time or in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. Here, here, here's what Solomon saying goes. God is at work writing a beautiful story. So beautiful that you can't even imagine it. It's hard to pick. You can't fathom what God is up to. And you know what God is up to? Making things beautiful in their time. And for, the, for each one of us humans, the way that he makes us beautiful in our time is he sets eternity in our hearts. And then God does something that's hard to imagine. You know what God did that was hard to imagine? He saw that every one of our lives was bent on being spent on what is wasted. And so God intervened. He became one of us to rescue us. Jesus Christ comes to earth not to teach us good things, not to teach us time management skills, not to show us how our priorities are out of whack, but to give us a heart realignment. How? By giving his life as the payment for the life we deserve to, or have to give in death. Jesus put himself in the place of giving us a heart realignment by taking the crash on himself, taking the eternal judgment on himself. So when he died, he died once for all. So that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of sin and given new life. When you believe in Jesus, he gives you a new life by giving you a heart transplant, heart realignment. He rescues you from sin and the destruction of sin. He gives you a new heart bent on him. Jesus rose from the dead, not only to give us a new heart, but to give us new life so that when we believe in Jesus by faith, his spirit plants eternity in our heart, eternal life. Listen to me. When you believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit comes and puts his spirit in you so that you have eternity planted in your heart. If you're ready to make that commitment right now, you don't need the rest of my message. I'm gonna talk to you about how you and I can realign our lives around this new way of living, not spending time, but investing time. But before I do, look, you don't need to think about how to invest your life. You need eternal life in you. 
So I'm going to pause right now. If you are ready to make that commitment, you're ready to say yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't do the rest of what I want to share with you without first a commitment to faith in Jesus Christ. If you're ready to make that commitment, would you let us know? In the comment section, you can just type Jesus, or you can text Jesus to 41411, and you are saying yes. I want Jesus in my life. I want God's spirit to come into my spirit and plant eternity in my life. Now, if you're ready to make that commitment, here's what I want you to do. This is not some how-to. This is a reorienting of our entire life around eternity. It's, it's a recentering our entire life around God. And when we put God at the center, we need to put God at the center of our schedule, God at the center of our priorities, God at the center of every day. And as we go through every day, then we begin to say, God, I want to give you today. So I commit to you my day and my way so that you, God, are at the center so that I can reorient my life and my time around eternity. So the author of Ecclesiastes writes a passage that became incredibly familiar. In fact, it was worked into the lyrics of a very popular song a long time ago, but many of you, as I'm reading this, you're gonna say, I remember hearing that. Here's what he writes, Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one through eight. I'm gonna read this whole thing to you because I think in this time, you and I need to hear this. He says, there is a time for everything. There's a season for every activity under the heavens. We are in a season. You were previously in the season before the pandemic, and there was things you could do that you can't do right now. There's things you can do right now that you're not gonna be able to do in the next season. There is a season for everything, every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. Remember that. God sets time and place. Some of you, we were celebrating moms that just gave birth, and we're grieving as a nation and as a globe with those that are perishing. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. This is a time as a nation where we work together for healing. There's a time to tear down and a time to build up. There's a time to weep. Maybe that's your time right now. And there's a time to laugh. It's strange that for some, one person's time to mourn may be another person's time to laugh. Don't get angry at the person whose time is to laugh if it's your time to mourn. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. For some of you, you need to turn this season of mourning into a season of dancing in your home. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. You know, as I was pre preparing to preach this, I thought, man, I should have used this verse when we started off this, this season. I want some of you to know you want, to, you want to embrace right now. You want to embrace anyone and everyone, and you can't wait for this season to be over because you're ready for this season to embrace. There's a time to embrace, and there's a time to cease embracing. To be honest with you, if we were not in this pandemic, I probably would have skipped over that verse. But it makes so much sense right now. 
some of you who don't think the Bible's all that relevant, something written in 930 BC makes a whole lot of sense right now in 2020. There's a time to search and a time to give up searching. There's a time to keep and a time to throw away. There's a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. There's a time to post and a time not to post. There's a time to argue politics and there's a time to refrain from arguing. There's a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. You know what he's getting at? There is a time for everything under the sun. And so make sure you invest rather than spend time by simplifying your schedule. Man, let me challenge you. Let's simplify our schedule and focus on what matters most. You know how you simplify your schedule? You recognize that your time and your life is a gift from God. It's precious. And because it's precious, it has a purpose. And because it has a purpose, it should be planned. Okay, let me say it again. It's precious. It has a purpose. It should be planned. How do you plan it? You put first things first. You have to recognize what is valuable and then schedule your values. Some of you, you have, you have the intention of using your time for what is valuable, but you haven't turned that intention into action. And I want to challenge you that it is action, not intention, that matters. Your kids don't care what your intentions are. They care about your actions. Put first things first. Put value schedule your values. It only matters what you actually put on your schedule that you actually get done. And so you know what you most of, you know how most of us um, manage our schedule? Somebody asks you if you want to do something and you go like this, yeah, I don't have the time. Or I'll see if I have the time. That's not a good question. You know what a good question is? Is it worth it to me? Is it valuable to me? Another way of uh, looking at that question or thinking about it is this, um, is how much of me is that worth? Is it worth it to me? How much of me is it worth, right? Because if you're giving your time, you're spending yourself, how much of you is it worth? But that's a, that's a good question, but not the best question. Some of you, I want you to screenshot this right now. Is it wise? Is this the best use of my time? I'm going to tell you how I personally say yes or no. Remember, every yes is a no. Every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Every time you say no to something, are you saying yes to something more important? So when, I, when people ask me what I'm doing, how I'm doing, most people will say I'm busy. I don't. I say I'm focused. Because I'm focused on what's important. And when I'm thinking about whether or not I should do it, I'm thinking, is this wise? Is it the best use of my time? What would I have to say no to in order to say yes to that? So what are, what are the values? What are the values? Let me, let me give you a couple for you to be thinking about. Am I putting God at the center? Am I valuing time with God? Look, you now have the time to read the Bible. You have time 
to spend time in prayer? Are you investing your time in your relationship with God or are you spending it on other things that are less important? Are you, are you investing your time into prayer and reading the word of God and worship? And then are you investing your time into the people that you love? First, your spouse. If you're married, your spouse should come first above your children. Are you putting your family next? Are you putting the family of God next? And then there is a time to create. This is work. You need to put your time into work. And there's a time to recreate. After you work, then you can recreate and put your time into other things. You and I also need to make sure that we are evaluating the use of our time to make sure that we're doing the best with the time we have. So for me, I try to look over my schedule. I try to pray over my schedule before I start the day. I try to take 10% of my day to plan my day and pray over my day. And then at the end of it, I want to look back and say, was that time well spent, well invested? And then you need to make sure that you build margin into your schedule. That's the time, that's extra time beyond the time you need to accomplish what you're doing? Are you building a little, little bit of buffer, a little bit of space so you're not losing your mind, driving yourself crazy, chasing carrots? All right, now let me, let me give you a, a, another challenge here. It'd be this. Let, let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. He goes, his conclusion is this, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Everything God does will endure forever. And whatever you do for God will endure forever. Listen to me. <laughs> I want to challenge you to invest rather than spend your time serving God. You're investing your time when you're serving God. You're not spending it. You're not wasting it. Some of you, you don't have time to serve God or serve in the church or be part of what God is doing through the church because you have filled your schedule to the max doing things that you believe are important because they give you self-importance. But you've realized you're wasting that time. And you invest your time by doing what matters forever, right? He, the author's writing, he goes, God, what, what's done, what God does lasts forever. And what we do for God lasts forever. When you participate in what God is doing, you are doing something that lasts forever and is eternal. When you serve God, you are doing what's eternal, and we serve God by serving others. When you give to God, you're giving to something that lasts forever. You're making an investment. So when you give to God by giving to others, that generosity lasts forever. When you take time to pray, those prayers are an investment into eternity, and they last forever. Jim Elliott, a missionary who is martyred for his faith, before he died, he wrote this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Whatever you have in this life, you will not keep for this life. But if you take this life and you invest it for eternity, it will last forever. So let me give you a challenge. As I wrote it, I was challenged with this thought. 
A life lived for God is a life well spent. A life spent on myself is a life wasted. Don't waste your life on yourself. Don't waste your life spending it on yourself. Invest your life living for God by finding your purpose, planning that purpose, and then following through, turning intention into action. Now, imagine, imagine rather than spending your life and it being wasted, you could invest your life on what matters and what matters forever. Well, that's gonna take a realignment, a heart realignment, a spiritual realignment away from sin, allowing God's spirit to redirect the course of our life toward what matters most. And so let me challenge you. How do you need to realign your life by not spending it, but investing it? A life well spent is a life well invested. This is only gonna happen if God gets a hold of your heart and you make a commitment right now, I am gonna be strategic and intentional. I'm not gonna let life just happen by accident. I'm not just gonna let it happen to me. I'm gonna take responsibility and I'm gonna to begin to live my life with intention, turn to action. Let me pray over you right now. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you give us the precious gift of life. We know there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to work and a time to cease working. There's a time to embrace and a time to stop embracing. There's a time to receive and a time to give. God, we want to make the most of our time. And we want our life lived for you. Because a life lived for you is a life well invested. So we give our life to you. And now, God, we recognize that it is on loan back to us. Help us to invest it well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.